0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Abner Marez is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad of two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro in entertaining both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, "On the Hook with Abner Maris," we'll hear from Abner, his fam, fellow athletes, and other people who make him the boxer and the man that he is. Listen to "On the Hook with Abner Maris" wherever you get your podcast. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays, and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Yo, 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 welcome back, good people, to the Destination Debbie program. You know who it is. It's your boy Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. Make sure you follow him on the show at Destination Debbie as well. But we are through another Saturday of college football and a bunch of crazy stuff happened. We saw a four overtime game, Texas versus Oklahoma. The Sooners won that matchup in four OTs. We saw LSU. Lose to Missouri, who is not a very good team, but LSU's defense is absolutely pathetic. We also saw Sam Howe get back on track. Trevor Lawrence was Trevor Lawrence. Auburn squeaks out a victory. Georgia beats down Tennessee, but we ain't talking about none of that. We're not talking about any of those games. Notre Dame put a beat down on Florida State, and it just, it, it just, I can't understand how Florida State has just fallen from grace the way that they have. This team, that they should be able to recruit any kid they want. They should be able to get any type of talented player, and they have just been inept and incompetent from the top down for what seems like six, seven years now. So that just blows my mind. They, they've been sorry since Jameis Winston left, but we're not talking about any teams. We're not talking about any of that stuff. We got the Big Ten coming back soon. Pac-12 following shortly after that. I want to talk about the 2021 draft and two... Of the best players in college football and two players that outside of Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields in a super flex league, they should be off of the board 2-3 or 3-4. It's just Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. Najee Harris and Travis Etienne are special folks. Both of these backs are out standing collegiate prospects who should be playing in the NFL right now. They are both professional running backs and I anticipate them being the most polarizing, the most polarizing players because of their contrasting styles. They are not, they're in no way, shape or form are these two players similar besides the fact that they're both absolute studs. Najee Harris, six two, two hundred and thirty plus pounds. Travis Etienne, five ten, about two hundred pounds. Najee Harris, physical, smooth, glider, bursty, but not nearly as explosive. Not nearly the deep speed that Travis Etienne has. Travis Etienne, his zero to sixty—I've I- said this countless times. I have not seen a player with his zero to sixty, just his ability to reach top end speed the way that he does since Chris Johnson. And I'm not comparing the two because Chris Johnson is is a special once, you know, we talk about generational, what he was able to do at the NFL level at his size, not being a power back, just winning with elite speed. We don't see that often. We don't see players like Chris Johnson often. But when you're talking about from the time he gets the ball to reach top end speed, I haven't seen anything like it. Both of these guys are outstanding NFL draft prospects, and right now, I have them ranked entirely too low, and on my next rankings update, I will be adjusting that. I love me some Rondell Moore. I think Jamar Chase and Rashad Bateman and Jalen Waddell are absolute studs. There is no reason that Najee Harris or Travis Etienne should be ranked behind them. In rookie drafts, you get your running backs early. You draft running backs before you draft wide receivers because the production is normally there, usually there for a running back unless you're drafted by Matt Patricia or the New England Patriots, which they wouldn't do that, but they did kind of do that a couple of years ago with Tony Michelle, And we see how that's worked out for us, right? Both of these backs should come off of the board. When you're talking about one quarterback leagues, they're one two in super flex formats. Last year, we had the conversation, do we draft uh, Clyde edwards Lair and Jonathan Taylor before a Joe Burrow? And that was a valid argument for me in 2020. That was a very valid argument. Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Elair, the systems they land in, the, the caliber of running backs they were, they did warrant that. And we saw that come to fruition in a lot of rookie drafts. This year, in single quarterback leagues, I know Trevor Lawrence is, a lot of people want to call him the next Andrew Luck. A lot of people want to call him generational. I did see a comp today that looked really cool to me, and it sort of reminds me of Andrew Luck. It was a Peyton Manning light mixed with a Cam Newton light. And I was like, oh, so you're talking about Andrew Luck light? Yeah, probably. Probably. I do not believe he's a better prospect than Andrew Luck, but I do think he's right there. If, if he ain't Andrew Luck, he's right underneath that. Trevor Lawrence is outstanding, but in single quarterback leagues, you don't take him that high. You will be drafting Najee Harris, barring injury, and ugh, we just saw some stuff happen today in the NFL. I don't even want to talk. I'm sick to my stomach. Sick. Sick. I feel so bad. Prayers up for Dak Prescott. Anything can happen, right? There's still a lot of season left. But barring injury, you do not take Trevor Lawrence before you take one of these running backs. It is Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, and that just really ultimately boils down to what you prefer. I can already envision the arguments that are going to take place during the pre-draft process in February and March and April and May and June until we actually have these rookie drafts in hell even after that. Do we take the running back who fits the mold, who fits the build of a a true three down workhorse in Najee Harris? Or do we take the guy that has an ability to literally hit a home run at any point in time from anywhere on the field? And I want to start with Travis Etienne because I had been pretty critical of some parts of his game. I've never said that he was a bad back, but there were times where I had him ranked third or second where I have him right now. And I just personally, personally think that Najee Harris is the total package, right? He can run short yardage. He has enough speed to take the ball, uh, not the distance, but he can rip off long runs. He's fluid and smooth in the receiving game. And yes, he did fumble last week. I got a question on Twitter. Am I concerned about the fumble? No, it was his first fumble of his collegiate career. Over 400 touches, he had never put the ball on the ground. So he lost the fumble. Big deal. Jonathan Taylor lost like 10 in a season. So I'm not I'm not concerned at all about him putting the ball on the ground. What I do love about his game is just his his physical presence. He is... Derrick Henry, but a little bit small. He's not as big as Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is all of 6'3", 250. Najee is not that big. He's 6'2", 230. That's still a massive player at the running back position. But what he is, he has more lateral ability. He's got more elusiveness. He's got more quickness. I believe he's got a little more burst. And Derrick Henry is an absolute freak. To run 4'5", that big, that's ridiculous. And I didn't I say I was going to start with ETN? And here I am talking about Najee Harris. Travis ETN, 5'10", 200, maybe a little sub 200, but what he does when the ball is in his hands, his contact balance, folks, a lot of people just throw shit around loosely in the fantasy community. A lot of people just, contact balance, don't even know what that really means. They couldn't really point it out if they saw it, but every game you watch Travis Etienne, I mean, there are some times where he has taken absolute shots. And it's just like shock absorbent his body. He's just able to absorb that contact. It's almost like if you've seen the Black Panther movie, Marvel's Black Panther, and the suit that T'Challa wore, where that uh, that Shuri made for him. That every time he got hit, it like absorbed that energy, and then he can use that redistribute that energy and you know blast stuff and make crazy stuff happen. That's like Travis Etienne. He's able to absorb this contact and he redistributes it to speed and power and playmaking ability. It's it's like something I haven't seen. Najee Harris does not have that. He's got fantastic balance. He's a hell of an athlete. But when you're just talking about a running back taking a blow and taking that blow and then turning it into something positive, it is Alvin Kamara, not light. It is Alvin Kamara-like. He has that level of elite contact balance. And Travis Etienne has been doing it his entire career. Freshman season, over 700 rushing yards as a true freshman and 13 TDs. Sophomore season, explosion, right? Barely eclipses 200 total attempts, over 1,600 yards, 24 TDs, 12 receptions. And that was the big knock on Travis Etienne coming into 2019 last year. Can he catch the ball? He comes out literally days before the season starts talking about he's scared to catch the ball. He hears ghosts. And what does he do? In his junior season, thirty-four receptions, four hundred and thirty-two yards, while chipping in, oh yeah, another sixteen hundred rushing, barely eclipsing two hundred attempts again. And here in early in this twenty twenty season, where they're not having to run him so much, he's got over, he's got on close to four hundred yards, averaging seven yards a clip, and seventeen receptions for two hundred and forty-five yards. He almost has more receiving yards than he does rushing yards right now. Travis Etienne. He has to go down. He has to go down as one of the greatest running backs in ACC history, and while he may not get the acclaim as one of the greatest all-time rushers because, you know, there are some great all-time rushers. I mean, we're talking about 6, 7,000-yard rushers. He he is up there, man, on limited work. Can you imagine th- those years that Jonathan Taylor was getting 300 300 total carries? Travis Etienne hasn't even hit over 208 in his career for a season. And he's not going to get there this year. He is a fantastic player. Do I have a little bit of reservation and concern about him being a true three down workhorse at the next level? Yes. Does he need to be that to be an elite fantasy asset? No. He could be a better version. And, And hear me out. A better version, not quite the pass catcher, but a better running back in that total package than an Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler was a top five PPR running back last year and didn't eclipse over two hundred carries. I don't, I don't even think he had over one seventy five. But what he can do in the receiving game is what makes him so special. James White, the reason why we're always drafting James White, although underwhelming carrying the ball. In the last two minutes, if they're in a three minute offense, James White can go out there and catch six for 52 in a touchdown. And there you go. You got an RB1 on your hands literally in the last three minutes of a football game. Travis Etienne is not as refined a route runner. He is not as natural as a, of a pass catcher as a James White, as an Austin Eckler, as an Alvin Kamara, as a Clyde Edwards-Elair. But what he is, is a tremendous running back with elite physical tools. Travis Etienne will be and should be either the 101 or 102 in single quarterback leagues and in super flex leagues after Fields and Lawrence. He's right there again. And I love these wide receivers, but you do not pass on a running back of this caliber for a wide receiver in any type of format, unless it's some kind of crazy premium that receivers get. And on the other side of the token, let's talk about Najee Harris. Najee Harris, again, is a big boy. He is Derrick Henry light, but more athleticism, more agility, more lateral quickness, better in the receiving game. talked about this last show. I I remember, was it two weeks ago the Titans played? They split Derrick Henry out wide. He ran a slant route, hit him in his numbers, and he dropped it. I was just like, yeah, man, (laughs) that ain't him. Now, Najee Harris isn't just some dynamic receiver, right? He's not going to line up out wide. He's not going to split, do all these crazy things like Christian McCaffrey. But out of the backfield, he is more than natural catching the ball. Those option routes, those choice routes that running backs run, Najee Harris can do that. And he's had a little bit of an obscure path to relevance. He has had to share the backfield with one Damian Harris, with Bo Scarborough, with Josh Jacobs, He's had to share the load because that's how Alabama plays. In last season, he got an opportunity, even with Brian Robinson there. A lot of people talk about Brian Robinson maybe being uh, more involved in that offense last year. Trey Sanders, the highly touted incoming freshman last year. Najee Harris, much like Travis Etienne, didn't eclipse over 210 carries, but had 1,224 yards, 13 TDs, and caught the ball 27 times for 304 and 7 TDs. And that's after playing sparingly as a freshman, got a little more work as a sophomore, but really popped on the scene as a junior and early this senior season. I mean, his numbers from a rushing standpoint are almost identical to Travis Etienne through three games, 52 for 347. This past game versus Ole Miss was the first time they actually needed him. And boy, did he deliver. Did he deliver? And let's just start with the receiving three receptions for 42 yards, but he did his damage on the ground, rushing for 206 on 23 carries, averaging nine yards a carry and not one, not two, not three, not four, but five touchdowns. Just when you watch him, he looks like an NFL running. He looks like he has no business out there playing collegiate football. And I didn't think that he did need to come back. I did not believe that Najee needed to come back. But what he has done, what Travis Etienne has done this year, they've done exactly what they should do. They've done exactly what they needed to do. And I do believe they have so far improved their draft stock. Does that mean I think that either of these players are going to be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft? Probably not. Probably not. But it ain't out of the question it's not out of the question. I can see it, but probably more than likely they're round two picks And a round two pick in today's NFL is just fine. Who cares about first round draft capital? If he gets it, great. If not, no big deal. Najee's ability to literally shoulder that team. Give me the rock coach. I got this. At the goal line, you don't ever have to worry about them pulling him off the field. One of the things that has hampered Clyde edwards Lair as great as he's been, is at the goal line, they tried him out early in the season. First game, I think he had gotten like, like seven goal line carries stuffed every time. Very next week, same thing t- kind of happened. He's not that. And that's the downside to a Clyde edwards Lair. is when they get to the money downs, you know, the goal line, first and goal from the one, from the two, from the three, Unless they scheme him into space, scheme a playup, you ain't just handing the five foot seven, 208 pound Clyde Edwards Elaire and saying bang and go get it. But Big Najee can do that. And while the, 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 the touchdowns may not be spectacular, the fact that he's punching it in at the ridiculous clip that he is, is encouraging for the next level. We don't have to worry about him being taken off of the field on fourth down. He's got 10 touchdowns this season, 10. He had 13 last year. He's got 10 in three games, 10 in three games, folks. These two players will be moving up. My rankings, patreon.com forward slash all gas. I have them inside the top 10. They will both be ranked right behind Trevor Lawrence because that's how good they are. That's how talented they are. And I believe there's a pure, there is a clear, Clear tear break after those two running backs. I know for a long time I beat the drum of Chuba Hubbard, and I did that going into last season, and I was right. I had I had Chuba as a top five running back going into last season when people thought I was dead ass crazy. And what did he do? Go well, out there and turn into all American performance, leading the nation in rushing. I mean, I saw it. I was right. I got it. And there was a point in time where I did have him ranked as RB one during that time. I was feeling myself, baby. I was feeling it. But new information and gameplay has presented a problem, and Chuba Hubbard, for as talented as he is, for as special as he is in what he does well, when you eliminate his ability to hit the home run, he doesn't offer very much. He doesn't. He doesn't play with tremendous power. As much promise as he showed as a freshman catching the ball, sharing the backfield with Justice Hill whether it's because he's not being utilized that way. It just doesn't look as natural there. So you got a running back who is almost kind of one dimensional. And I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I do think he's still going to get day two draft capital because you can't coach that type of speed. And I do think that he's going to have a role at the next level. I just don't see elite fantasy asset. He reminds me of Tevin Coleman. He reminds me of Tevin Coleman, a linear runner, that lacks lateral agility, that has the ability to hit the home run, who can catch the ball out of the backfield, but it's not really a strength of his, right? I think it's Travis Etienne, it's Najee Harris, it's Najee Harris, it's Travis Etienne, and then there is a massive tear break. And then after that, it's just a cluster of Kenneth Gainwell, of Chupa Hubbard, of Journey Brown, Samir White. There's just a cluster after that. So for me, you've got two blue chip running backs in this 2021 class. So as you're making your deals in your dynasty leagues, be thinking about that. Be mindful. This 2021 class, as much as I like it, is fantastic as it is at other positions, running back is not a strength of this class. So if you were banking on one of these guys, you're probably going to have to get them early. You're probably going to have to get him early because Najee Harris, I'm telling you now, he is going to surprise the hell out of a lot of people, but not me when the testing numbers drop. He's going to run a lot faster than people think. He's going to jump a lot higher than people think. And his his collegiate profile mixed with his athletic testing numbers and his size is going to make him a tantalizing prospect. We know Travis is going to run fast. I mean, we know that. We don't need the combine to tell us that. So we ain't going to double count it. But a lot of people, it's going to be like what happened with Justin Jefferson last year. People question his athleticism. People questioned his speed. And when he went out there and ran a 4-4, it was like, welp, I'm all in. And I'm telling you now, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, two studs. Make sure you're loaded up for 2021 picks because it's going down. All right, good people, I've got a little bit of an announcement. So, you know that this show is built, the foundation of this show is college. It is Debbie. It is talking about incoming freshmen and sophomores and juniors and seniors and getting you ready for your rookie drafts. I know you like it. And I know people have been asking for more, so you are going to get more, but you're not going to get it here on the Destination Debbie channel, but you are going to get me. So, starting today... Starting today, I have teamed up. I have partnered up with the pod Father, Matt Kelly himself, and I will be dropping a show a week on the Roto Underworld Radio Network talking nothing but incoming rookies. That is it. We ain't going to really focus on 2022, 2023, sophomores, freshmen, juniors. It will be exclusively to talk about and work with Playerprofiler.com with the Podfather himself, with Nate List, with Brian Lopes to build one of the most comprehensive, the most entertaining, actionable content pieces for your rookie drafts in the business. Ray GQ, Podfather, Roto Underworld is Cohen down big things in store for destination debbie big things in store for you the listeners i appreciate you rocking with me i appreciate you being here if you want more access to me and and let me just be clear all my rankings all of that they stay on patreon.com forward slash all gas so if you want that exclusive access to me and the debbie database and the best damn debbie community in fantasy football going over man seven bucks a month, get you in there, do it annually, save 10%. I appreciate y'all rocking with me. I appreciate you being down with me from the jump. Good things are happening. Y'all attack your Monday, be motivated, stay blessed, stay up, stay safe. I'll holler at you next time. Peace. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. And don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash.